Hi friend, do you want to experience more energy, vitality, and flow in your life? Well, be sure to go to findyourflow.com forward slash shop and check out the supplement section. We have all of your favorites back in stock. Vegan Vitality and Vegan Powder Protein are two of the favorites that go very quickly. So if you're into protein and vitality, be sure to check those out. And now on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I am your host, Winston Wittes, and I am here today doing the podcast from my car because it is awesome and fun, and you are awesome and fun, and I'm so glad to have you here today. Today, we are talking about spirituality and practice. What is spirituality? What is practice within the context of spirituality? And why should you even care? Well, that is a good question. They're all good questions. So let's attack them one by one and uh, go from there. So um, if you're new to the show, this is a new thing, relatively new thing where I'm doing it from the car. It's all good. The beeping has stopped for the most part. If you tune into recent shows, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, it turns out I have my e-brake on, which is hilarious and embarrassing to admit to you, but I did. And But my car beeps before before I had it on, so that's why I never, I didn't realize. It just beeps all the time sometimes. But now it's not, I don't think. Let's find out. When I accelerate, friends, that's when it, when it likes to beep. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Make sure the e-brake's not on. Okay, we're good. All right, full steam ahead. Spirituality. So a lot of people... There's a phrase, I used to like the phrase uh, spiritual but not religious. That was a way I identified myself in terms of a religious context or a spiritual context because I believe in God, I believe in spirit, I believe in universal consciousness and higher consciousnesses, lower consciousnesses. I think therefore I am, all that good stuff. So, but religion for me is not something I subscribe to because most religions, in my personal experience, not that I've gone to many churches, I've gone to just uh, the kind that I've been to, but for me that was not what I wanted. I, I learned pretty quick. And... As a student of life and of religion, having taken you know religious uh, studies classes and whatnot, um, for me it just kind of was like, okay, yeah, here's what these belief systems say, and each one has its merits for sure. Each one has its pros, its cons, and everything in between. And so I am no, and not judging people who subscribe to any religious uh, any kind of religious belief system there we go and um, that's not that's not it at all I personally just for myself I feel that I don't I don't <laughs> plain and simple okay so what is spirituality then it is uh, this is not the exact 
definition necessarily. This is simply my definition, my understanding of it. It is when you are aware of yourself as a spiritual being. And by that, I mean the physical body is part of me, part of you. And we definitely, as a Western culture anyway, tend to identify with that physical part of us, the body. And yet, someone who is aware of their spiritual selves more, I would say that the more aware of your spiritual self you are, the more spiritual you are in a sense. Not That doesn't mean somebody who isn't aware of it isn't spiritual by nature or isn't in you know reality doesn't contain that part of spirit or soul that's not it at all but just how aware of it are you how much emphasis do you give it in your life as far as how aware how in tune to that part of you are you that's that's kind of it for me that's the way I look at it and it's not a good thing or a bad thing either way but some people are more oriented toward that aspect of life some people some people are more oriented toward other aspects of life so that is just kind of the general definition that I use when I'm talking about this stuff okay so if um, someone is looking to be more spiritual in life more aware of the spiritual self that doesn't mean necessarily that you have to abandon the physical self or in any way minimize its importance because I know that there's a lot of not a lot necessarily but there are certain belief systems or religious structures or dogmas or practices that revolve around the idea of physical you know physical pain even or um, withdrawing certain comforts in order to be able to suffer or feel closer to God by withholding things from the physical body with physical needs or physical desires maybe in an effort to become more spiritual that way. I for one don't subscribe to those belief systems either for the most part. I mean I definitely think there's value to, to parts of those but in moderation you know sometimes like yeah, I don't want to go too crazy off into that people do crazy stuff with, <laughs> along these lines um, so examples maybe so one example might be someone who is fasting okay well fasting can be really good for you on, on all different levels right it could be good for your body because you're getting out all the crap and junk that's built up inside it's good to burn it off every once in a while it's good for the spirit because you because it's a real practice it's a challenge to fast you know especially if you're doing it for a few days or even a week or more that's a real mental challenge for sure it's also um, you know it's a spiritual cleanse in a sense too and a mental you know it, it's good if you've never done it, it it might be worth checking out another example might be someone who there's this thing, I don't remember what it's called, but I've read about it and then I saw it in a movie. I think it was uh, Dan Brown's Angels and Demons or the other one that he wrote that came before it. That was a big, big deal. And uh, 
the guy is a is a I mean he's a freak. He's obviously got some real challenges with uh, himself and God and this whole thing, shame. But he has this uh, device on his leg that's got like nails or spikes on it, and he tightens it, and it hurts like heck. And you can see like blood dripping down, and you can tell he's in intense pain. But he does that as a way of feeling the pain, letting, being able to go deeper into his. Uh, it's arguable what he's trying, what he's doing, what he's actually doing, what he's trying to do versus what's what he's accomplishing. So I believe that the idea is tied in with this guilt or shame of Jesus dying for our sins. You know, this idea that Jesus was died for our sins and he felt this horrible pain and was tortured and agony. And so, so this guy wanted to feel that too kind of thing or felt guilty for being born with natural sin. And so in order to, to feel better about that mental anguish and pain that he's carrying would inflict self mutilation or self pain to kind of alleviate that mental thing and maybe make himself feel better. I'm just uh, psychoanalyzing this guy right now. But I think you might kind of get the idea, possibly. So, and that can take all sh sorts of different shapes, all sorts of different forms, right? So, so is that a good thing to do? Is it not a good thing to do? Well, of course, that's only up to you. Other people can judge it. We can look at it. We can say, oh, that's right, or that's wrong, or that's good, or that's bad. But in, at the end of the day, there's only only one person that can decide whether or not that's a good thing to do and right for you, right? And that is you. So what kind of spiritual practices might one take that... So another, another common idea is, especially here in the West, is this idea of the meditating monk or the meditating wise man up on the hill, up on the mountaintop, you know, the, the, the Zen monks out there in robes, meditating for 24 hours a day, and cut off from society, and never speak, or never, you know, they're just in meditation all the time, and they're the Zen masters, and they have reached enlightenment, and for us mere mortals, it's maybe impossible, or highly unlikely, and I would like to say to you, that is not an accurate image of, of, I mean, you you could, of course, uh, do it that way. That's one way. It's not a very realistic way, I don't think, living in today's society, unless you do join, you know, go join the monks out there. But if you live in any kind of, like, developed society where you don't, <laughs> where you're not a monk living on a mountain, then you may be thinking, like, it's out of your reach or it's, how could I do that? How could I reach enlightenment? Oh, that's only for the, you know, high priests or only God can do it. Or, oh, that's, you can't even do that. You shouldn't even be messing with that stuff. That's all bad mojo. Well, that is, uh, I disagree. So how can you practice? What things can you practice that get you into more touch with your spiritual self? That's, I think, what this whole thing really boils down to. So I'm going to give you a few ways that I have found that for me work. Maybe they'll work for you. 
maybe they need a little bit of tweaking, but I'm going to give you the principles that I've personally narrowed down over about 16 years now of working on just developing a simple system. So the, and as I say the word system, that for me brings up a couple things I want to share before I share what, what the actual practice is and how you can do it for yourself. Just disclaimers, I guess, or uh, clarifications, if you will. So if I, a system is something that, and any of you engineers or whatever, please, please go easy on me. So system is something that can be duplicated. It's replicatable and it can be passed on. If you build this system, it can operate in a certain way. It has certain things that will give predictable results. And if you produce the same kind of actions or the same kind of energy, then within that given system, it should produce the same results. Okay, that's the way I'm using it. The value of that is if I have the goal of, let's say, making money, and I, I want to do it via or by using a, a hamburger restaurant, okay? If I want to go do that all on my own, I can, right? At least here in America, I could get a loan or I could just bootstrap it. I could go out and try to develop and build hamburger. Now, I'm vegetarian, so this is like a really stupid, really bad example probably, but it's okay. So I could go out there, I could try to figure this all out. I could try to figure out how to, you know, get where to get the beef from, where to get the, all the materials, how to put them together, how to do the pricing, how to design the store, how to even get a store, how to drive people to that store and how to keep them coming back. That's, there's, you know, years and years and years of figuring stuff out there if you've never done it. At least for me, it would be, um, you know, a lot of trial and tribulation, a lot of failures, a lot of money, just figuring out how to get up and running. Whereas somebody else has already figured out a darn good system for this, and they have hamburger stands all over the place. They're not the best hamburgers from what I hear, but they sell billions and billions of them. And you probably know who I'm talking about because they are that famous. It is McDonald's, yes. So if I had the money, I could buy that hamburger system, that store system, that all the operations systems, I could buy it if I could afford it, uh, get a franchise, right? Because that whole system's been figured out and perfected and it's cookie cutter, which, you know, we say is a bad word sometimes, like, oh, that's so cookie cutter. And there are times when cookie cutter sucks, you know, where it's not creative or it's not unique but there's a lot of situations probably more than any of us care to admit where we really benefit from the cookie cutter type system where we really are able to live great lives of comfort in here in the US anyway and I know lots of other places around the world where we we get this kind of stuff we have access to materials and things because of having these kind of systems like you know a, um, a system that develops cars an assembly line right being able to get get things made on an assembly line brings down the cost it bring, makes it more affordable produces a higher quality of life a spiritual system a religious system 
comes about by way of people trying to systematize the path to self-realization. But in many religions, it's more about, you know, um, trying to connect with God or with Jesus or whatever you want to call it. And this is the, the promise. It's also the, uh, the goal to some degree. Okay, if you come and you believe in this faith, this religious system, then you can worship God and we'll show you how to do it in our way. That's what a system is, right? It's their system for producing the result of being a good worshiper in their eyes. My big challenge with all that is most of them are pointing in the wrong direction to some degree and have these systems, these systems have been kind of uh, distorted or watered down in some areas and then totally blown out of proportion in other areas. And again, if you've listened to future shows, I, I'm careful to not rant too much on this because for one, it's a very sensitive topic for a lot of people, right? We identify with our beliefs, most of us, many of us believe that we are our thoughts. The thoughts that we think are us or they're ours, we gotta hang on to them because if we don't, you know, then part of us is, we'll just, who knows, we'll disappear, we won't be real, we won't have, we, we identify with these to a large degree for most of us. And so, especially when it comes to religious beliefs, God beliefs, and if you try to have a conversation about this sort of thing, for a lot of people, they, they can't have, it's a very passionate kind of conversation, right? Because people feel very strongly about these beliefs. So I do not talk about this in public. I try to avoid it as much as possible. And people will sometimes bring it up. And I think in the last episode or two episodes ago, I shared an experience that I had recently where someone was, you know, they found out I do marketing and then they wanted help, basically free help to market their their up-and-coming church that he's trying to develop and that's cool but then he kind of starts you know preaching at me a little bit his ideas as far as what the Bible says and what that means for me and me and my life and my afterlife and going to heaven and this and that and uh, and I you know that pisses me the F off honestly I and he's a nice guy but um, at the same time it's like hey don't tread on me back off man so um again like i didn't say any of that you know because i'm nice and respectful and i appreciate that he's got these kind of beliefs for himself and that's cool and it's cool that he wants he believes he's helping people by sharing those beliefs and that's that's the big common theme i think for a lot of these kind of things my mom was Jehovah's witness she believed in her beliefs and to the point where we would go door to door sharing those beliefs with anybody who would listen, okay? So, you know, when Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door, I try to be nice and respectful. I appreciate what they're trying to do. They have good intentions. They're trying to save my soul in their eyes, right? For me, I'm putting my fingers like an X and hissing at them secretly because I believe that that is actually the antithesis of what the world needs. Like, yeah, it's great. Oh, you want to hear a cool coincidence just happened? As I'm talking about this, I look to the left. There's a bumper sticker that says, Proud Trojan Parent. 
like Trojan horse, like sneaking thing. Oh, and the other. Oh, I gotta take a picture of this. Oh my gosh. Then this other, this freaking uh, van is in front of me, and you know I just said the X. Oh my gosh. I gotta get a picture. You guys will not believe this. This will be the art of the freaking episode if I can get this picture while driving safely and doing a podcast at the same time. And I don't encourage this in any way, shape, or form, friends. This is really dangerous. I But I do this for you because I love you guys. Okay, got some pictures. Brilliant. Brilliant. Wow. So I was just talking about putting the X with my fingers, you know, like making this the cross at folks that come preach at me. And then this van pulls out in front of me that has a X cross made of pipe uh, tools. What are those called? Uh, monkey wrench. So two monkey wrenches formed like an X just pulled in front of me as I was telling you that story, as well as the Trojan parent. Holy shite. Wow. Just blew my mind, friends. That was awesome. The Trojan parent. Oh, that's going to trip me out today. Um, yeah, because that's how I feel with life. Like, I don't... It's weird because here I am doing this podcast. I've been doing it for 31 weeks now. That's insane, first of all, because I do one a week, and it's just the 31st episode, or maybe a 32nd now, actually. Yeah, it's the 32nd. Um, and what's trippy about it is... Like in real life, if you know me personally or you've hung out with me at all, you know I'm not really like a very talkative person for the most part. Unless I'm with close friends and they know the craziness I think about and stuff, then you know, then I'll share more of my thoughts. But for the most part, I don't because for a number of reasons. But one is because I don't feel the need to try to enforce my thoughts or throw them out there at people to try to change anybody's mind. If people are open-minded and they're asking questions or they're trying to learn stuff, totally different. Those people are few and far between from my, from my personal experience, and that's cool. It is what it is. But uh, I'm not going to be out there putting myself out there or trying to argue with people or try to influence people in that way. You know, Most people are happy to do whatever they're doing, so there you go. If they want my advice, they can pay for it. That's the way I look at it. But you and I here today on this podcast, you are listening for some reason. And I respect that about you. And if if we know each other in the real world, then you've heard me spot this kind of madness before. And you probably agree with it to some degree, or you don't, and that's okay too. And so the Trojan horse thing is interesting because... Because I don't, because I'm scared to say this stuff in public too. Is the honest truth. I am scared of. I'm not scared of terrorists so much, although you know the world has them. Although that's a real thing, and that's that is what it is. I'm more scared of people who claim to. There's another group of people <laughs> that I am way more afraid of. That are people that are nice people but have the potential to be effing crazy people and by that i mean they live amongst us <laughs> they live among us they are our friends and our neighbors and our parents and our teachers and our students and it you know if you look to the left you look to the right maybe it's one of them 
No, I'm just kidding. Don't be all paranoid like me. But the but the the crazy thing is, it's like the insanity is widely accepted. All of it, all the insanity. If you look at our planet and our Earth and all the insanity, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> there's a lot of craziness out there, and all this stuff that people that like joint craziness or um. Okay, here's another. Wow, this is an amazing day already. This is amazing. So now I'm looking at this van. I just uh, pulled up to a red light. There's a van. It says Yeshua G slash Jesus saves. Um, I had a, a guy named Fizz on an episode way back. Uh, you should check that one out. It was really cool. He shared some neat stuff. But Fizz uh, was referring to Yeshua. And and I should have brought it up at the point, but I didn't. But I afterward, I was like, you know, most people probably don't even know that's Jesus' real name. That's his Jewish given name, Yeshua ben Joseph, uh, which means you know, son of, of Joseph. Uh, because that's how the names were, were back then. It's like, oh, you're Bob, son of Jeb. Or, you know, obviously that's not real. But it, that's how you could tell who somebody was from, like whose family they're a part of, whose son they're a part of. And um, the interesting thing about that is there's a lot of folks that are very judgmental. It's, now I'm judging, I guess, but I, I don't know how to, I don't want to beat around the bush and be so politically correct and never get my damn point across. You know what I'm saying? So if you can't roll with that, then, then kindly F off, okay? Because I'm kind of out of time and out of uh, patience, to be honest. So what does this all mean? What's the freaking point? The point is... Um, uh, like it, it ties back into this this system having a good system for for being spiritual. How can we how can we be sure that we're using a good system and not being taken around the mulberry bush by someone who who's all glitz and no substance, no all you know glamour, everything that you know all glitter and no gold, I guess. So how can we judge? How can we? put time and effort into something if it leads to a dead end right what kind of practices can we actually do to feel more spiritual so we've been we've been around the world and back so far but what i'm getting to the point i'm getting to is the system this may be a good system for you it may not that's okay i would encourage you to try it because you could do it every day doing practically anything and that, for me, is what makes this such a powerful spiritual practice. My, one of my all-time favorite quotes is, Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Why is that so profound? Because nothing has changed in this story, in these actions, except the enlightenment part. It doesn't say sitting on a mountain before enlightenment, sitting on a mountain, after enlightenment. It's doing the same daily tasks that this, the chores, the dude's doing chores, or dudette's doing chores, right? Then he or she experiences enlightenment. And then what? Do they, do they become Jesus? Are they out there turning water into wine and rocks into bread? No. They're still carrying water and chopping wood. They're doing the same damn things. That's profound, people. 
we think we have these ideas like, oh, and I hear it from folks and it drives me insane. I do it with patience and love. And again, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but if you're offended, then I can't really help that. But this Jesus saves, Jesus is coming, you know, Jesus freak. I'm com- Jesus is coming to save. And if you don't bow down before this, my false God here, then you are going to hell. Oh, really? Thanks for sharing that. That's funny because I'm pretty sure God said, don't judge people. Let me handle that. And here you are telling me what God's going to decide. So aren't you actually being more blasphemous than me by just being here? I think so. But but that's not for me to say. It's not for me to decide because then I'm doing the same damn thing, right? Right. So my mind might say those things in my head, but I don't give them any energy. I, I try not to give them any energy. That's my one of my practices, right? I'm not a freaking guy sitting on a mountain all day not interacting with people. I am interacting with people, and we all have different beliefs. We all have different experiences. So, as I wrap this up, I'm going to share with you the, the three steps to flow. Why flow? Why is flow my religion or my spiritual practice? Because it is a state of Zen. It is a working state of Zen. It is being in the space between the thought, the, the monkey mind, the chatterbox mind that makes noise and has thoughts and thinks things and of which that I could identify with and believe to be me. It is the ego, right? It's the ego saying, hey, I know this or I know that or I am this or I am that or I do this work and that is me. I am a teacher. I am a consultant. I am a blah, blah, blah. I am white. I am black. I am this. I am that. I am man. I am woman, etc., etc. If the more I identify with that, <laughs> the, more, uh, the more that becomes me in my head. And the practice that in my experience, my experience is that you have to experience it for yourself. Because for me to sit here and talk about it, it's great, it's cool, and maybe it sounds neat. But until you practice it for yourself and experience that Zen, that flow for yourself, then it just sounds cool. Right. And I and the cool, the extra cool thing is you have experienced it at some time. Maybe you didn't call it that. Maybe you weren't aware of it like that, but you have experienced it. And I, I guarantee that. And that is what I think is so special. And that's what's so cool. And that's why for me, it's all about giving that experience to people and letting that you experience it for yourself or amplify if you already are well aware of it and you already do it, then how can I help you to achieve that more or deeper that's my purpose and my goal and that's why i do this is to share those techniques and strategies with you so um after i've talked about spirituality and practice this whole time i'm at my destination and i can't go any no i am at my destination but i'm going to break it down give you the quick version but then i'm also going to share a link with you how you can get the uh, mini course i put together the free little mini course that just has some just breaks down the technique, breaks down some some actual experiences, um, case studies that you can try out for yourself or that you can see for yourself how this could be applied to daily life because that's the goal. That's the reality. If I'm only going to church on Sundays, that's cool. It's better than nothing maybe. But as far as how deeply is it touching my life or how how much impact is it having on my life? It, I mean, it could. It could have profound impact. It could, you know, I could learn one thing or be exposed to one new thought or whatever that totally changes things. 
But as far as um, doing a daily kind of experience or a daily kind of thing, maybe it's uh, it would be better if I had some kind of thing that I can incorporate into my daily life. And that is the daily practice. That's what we're trying to search for here in this particular episode is what kind of practice can I do every day that would help me be a more spiritual person? So for me and what I'd like to share with you, these three steps of flow. Flow is when everything is just syncing up. It's lining up. There's coincidences. Like this episode has been so beautiful because I had three in my little 20-minute drive to work today. I had three that were amazing, and you were a part of them. You, and you're going to, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I wish I got a picture of that Trojan, parent Trojan horse uh, bumper sticker, but I didn't, didn't occur to me. I'm just too blown away. But, um, but that's a cool thing. Those kind of coincidences, right? Serendipity. Like, I could have been not doing this podcast while driving. I could have been not talking about those specific things that then jumped out, right, into my experience as I was talking about them. It was, uh, it's like almost instant manifestation to a degree, right? Because I talked about it and Alakazam, there it is. Wow. Just like that. Happened that quick. Now, of course, somebody could be sitting there saying, well, that's just a coincidence. Yeah, it is. Or they could say, well, maybe subconsciously you saw those things, didn't realize it, but then you started working them into your conversation. So they were actually already there and they influenced you to say those things. And that's totally true too. That's totally a possibility. And that kind of thing is totally happening in life, right? So if I'm driving down and then uh, unconsciously I'm seeing these billboards selling me something and then I see it in a storm and I think it's my own idea that I'm that I should buy it well there you go that's there's that principle in play right so which direction is it moving am I the influencer or am I the influencee that's up to me how aware of this situation am I how aware of that op- that possibility am I if I'm totally clueless then I'm going to be more influenced that's default for for the world, right? That's default. We're not taught that we are the creators. We're taught that we are the little poops that that have to bow down before these false gods to hopefully not go to hell for eternity because God is love, but God effing hates you if you disobey him. And it's a him. Remember? Oh yeah, him. There's no mother aspect. There's no female energy in this because she is inferior it's all about male right and even G- jesus one you know the dude mary magdalene no she was a whore we don't need we don't need that female energy here dominate physical man okay i digress <sighs> sorry so um so the practice is that, exactly that right uh three steps i'm gonna just give you the thing because because i'm I'm losing it. I'm off. I'm off on a tangent now. So I want you to have access to it. Go get it. It's free, and I think you will enjoy it. It is if you go to www.findyourflow.com/slash-three-steps. That's the number three. Three steps. Findyourflow.com/forward/slash-three-steps. Put your name, email address in. I'll send it right out to you. It's it's real short. It's cool. It's got pictures. 
and I think you'll really like it and you'll be able to practice getting into flow. It'll show you how to, you know, if you were chopping wood, that's what I should do, a case study about chopping wood and carrying water. That'd be freaking awesome. Okay, that's on the goal list. Uh, but it's like I use like making sandwiches. One way you can make sandwiches and it would probably take more mental energy. Your mind would have to be engaged to be able to do it. And there's, you know, definitely times when having your mind engaged in the work at hand is, is a very important and useful thing. But there are other times when if it's a repetitive type thing, if you set it up properly from the beginning, you go into it with the right kind of mindset and preparation, that, the, that doing that thing can actually be a mind flow type experience. It could be a Zen experience. It could be an enlightened experience. So it's all around us. The opportunity is here now. You might be going into an enlightened period or experience in this very moment just listening to this podcast that's totally acceptable and it's totally real and no one can take that away from you despite how freaking hard they might try despite how much hate and and incompetence and ignorance that they may spew at you they can't take that away and you can feel good knowing that there are other people like you that are going through that same thing they're out there and they are spiritual spiritually minded and oriented and having these deep profound experiences of zen and enlightenment and flow and practicing this on a daily day day-to-day basis and that may be you and that may be people you know and that is awesome and you may not know anybody else and if that's the case by all means you are not alone okay so keep doing it we need more people who uh who get it and are into that and who are open to it and um and i appreciate you so thank you so much until next time my friend be flowing Hey, thanks for listening, friend. By the way, do you like essential oils? Me too. Did you know you can go to findyourflow.com forward slash shop and pick up some essential oils? Yeah, get them while they're going. And until next time, friend, be flowing.